Blog Talk Radio. In this race that we run, you gotta have endurance, cause it's a marathon. With faith until the end, I'm going to have a strong faith because I have. Faith. I'm going to have a strong faith. I have strong faith. I'm going to have a strong faith because I have. Strong faith. I'm going to have a strong faith. I have strong faith. Life transitions all in my way. Well, still I'm onward bound each and every day. No matter what, I'll continue to run. Bless you and good afternoon to all of you, our listeners. You are listening to Global Gospel, and this is your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend. And as you may know, we are here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Strong finish. Finish strong because we're going to have a strong finish because we have strong faith 
And so because of our strong faith, we believe that God can do anything. God can do the impossible. And we are glad that God has brought us here to this place and time. And certainly sometimes it looks bleak. Sometimes it's rough. But we know that God is faithful. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions, they fail not. Great is his faithfulness towards us. And we thank God for a faithful God. And we believe through faith that we will finish strong. Jonathan Nelson, we thank God for all the music that you uh, have heard and are going to hear today. We want you to know that we do not own the rights to any of the music, but we pray that it is a blessing to you, to you, and to you. You can tell your family and your friends and your neighbors to log on to www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. We want you to know that we are also syndicated on Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, and Google Play, as well as this platform. And so we know that uh, you can listen any time of day or night to our episodes. If perhaps you missed the episode or perhaps you want to hear something again, you can log on or sign in to any one of those uh, platforms. Our number here in studio, if you want to take it down, if you'd like to call in a little later when we open up our lines, is 619-924-0800. If you would like to reach out to Global Gospel, you can write us at P.O. Box 5331. That is in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is 11550. Our email address is globalgospel17 at gmail.com. And again, we are on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. Please send us a friend request, like our page. Uh, We will be excited and happy to hear from you and accept your request. You can also follow the link on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr to bring you directly to our shows that are posted weekly and are there for archive purposes. We are here. We want to thank all of our listeners that are listening around the world. First of all, to our, all of our U.S. listeners, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, California, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, we thank God for you, you, and you. And if we cross the border to the north, thank God for our Canadian listeners. And if we go a little south, we thank God for those that are in Jamaica, West Indies that are listening, those that are down in Brazil, Portugal, Spain, the United Kingdom, Italy, Germany, uh, the Netherlands, Bulgaria, China, India, Japan, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, Uh, We want you to know that we have not forgotten about you, but that we see you and we are grateful that you continue to listen in and share with us for the gospel is good news and is the power of God to salvation to the Jew and also to the Greek. And certainly we do have a special uh, uh, episode lined up for you today and our guest is already in studio. And certainly we just want you to uh, continue to listen in for the uh, entire hour. Our theme scripture here at Global Gospel comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, and it simply says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So today we present to you the gospel, for the gospel is good news. It is the power of God. It lets us know that Christ uh, came to heal us, to deliver us, to save us, and to set us free. And not only that, the, the gospel of salvation, but we want you to know that the gospel is holistic, that God is there for every aspect of our life, that we would prosper and be in health, even as our soul has should prosper. And God has strategically given men and women gifts to share with the world. And the gospel is social. The gospel is there for the world in every aspect, religion, politics, the gospel. Christians are there to help you on your journey in this life. Because although we are not of the world, we are in the world. And certainly we don't want to be so heavenly bound that we are no earthly good. God has put us here to help each other. 
And so today, uh, in a few minutes, uh, we're going to take a break. And this song uh, simply says, never give up. And we pray that that is encouraging words for someone on today to never, ever give up. Quitters never win and winners never quit. So after this selection, the next voice you will hear is that as we introduce our special guest for the afternoon. Never give up, Miss Yolanda Adams. Stay tuned to Global Gospel. Oh, it's 
live and don't ever give up. Once again, you're listening to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and our special guest is in studio. Good afternoon, special guest. How are you? I'm very great. Thank you. Awesome. And perhaps you didn't catch that voice. How about you tell our listeners who you are? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Ama Yawson, and I am an attorney, uh, an author, as well as a trainer and a transformational speaker. Uh, So after graduating and going the very, very traditional route of, uh, you know, seeking a college education and advanced degrees, I went to Harvard undergrad, I went to Wharton for business school and UPenn for law school. I really had a life change and decided I really had to contribute to my community in other ways. And that's when I started writing, publishing books, and then forming a training and development company called Miles Tales that provides books, uh, training programs, enrichment programs, and performances to law firms, corporations, universities, and K-12 schools. Well, we welcome you, and we thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, Alma Yawson, to join with Global Gospel on this Saturday afternoon. We know that this was uh, in the making for a while, and certainly we had technical difficulties, uh, but uh, God does all things well, and perhaps it wasn't the right time. But today, we are talking about finding your voice, and whoever, who else better to share that with us than Amma Yawson. And so you you just said, you know, you tried to, you went the traditional route in life. What was yes. the situation with the traditional route in life? Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. Because I think that there is a common wisdom in the world regarding how to be successful and what success means. And I'm going to repeat that there's a common narrative in the world with respect to how to be successful and what success means. And for many people, the common route and the narrative, which is so incredibly pervasive, is you just kind of stay in your lane. You know, you go to college, you try and get a good job at a stable company, you work there for 30, 40, 50 years, and then you retire. That is the narrative. Um, Very often the narrative is not uh, pray to God and ask for direction and see what what path God leads you on. That's not very often the advice that people are given. The advice that people are given is not not very often become an artist and, and, and seek meditation and guidance from the Lord through your art and share your art with the world. That is not very often the common narrative. Become an entrepreneur and risk everything and risk stability in order to uh, form something new and leave a legacy for your, for your, for your children and grandchildren. Those are not really the narratives. I mean, both of my parents are immigrants from Ghana and West Africa, and my father made it his duty to make sure that we all got good educations and we went the traditional route. And he encouraged me very, very early on to pursue a career in banking and finance, which I did. I really did. I, I, did. I worked in investment banking for some time. I also... Uh, Then after working in investment banking, going to law school and business school, I worked doing law for investment banks. But, you know, it wasn't really fulfilling. It paid well. I had a great, you know, $200,000 about salary. Um, So it it paid well from from that perspective. It was considered prestigious. You know, every time my parents would tell people, oh, my daughter is senior counsel at Citibank. I mean, that sounded really great, right? So it had prestige. There was money involved. And it wasn't even taxing. Like at some point, I used to work jobs that I had to work 12, 14 hours. At one point, you know, when I was further in my career, it was really more of, I would say, not definitely not a nine to five, let's say a nine to seven or nine to eight, which was considered more acceptable. However, although it was okay, I think that God is calling us to do something more than just be okay. God is calling us to do something more than just have a humdrum life. God is calling us to really dig deep down into all of the gifts that um, our Heavenly Father has bestowed upon us and to dig deep and to really share that with the world. And so for me, the sort of experience that really changed my direction and made me become a diversity trainer, because that, that, that's one of the issues that I, really, that I train on and that I speak on very often, was that um, I, I took my son, who was three at the time, now he's 10, so this was a long time ago, to the barber shop. And this was a okay. black barber shop in Springfield, Gardens, Queens. And I told the barber not to shave off all his hair because they love just doing what they call a light Caesar for little kids. 
And when the barber, you know, the barber nodded as if he understood, then proceeded to shave off my son's hair from the middle and top. And when I said, hey, 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 what are you doing? He said, you have a real N-I-G-G-A right here. He's a real N-I-G-G-A. He's from the tribe. This is not pretty hair. This is the best cut for him. And at the time, I was just shocked, labbergasted. There was no saving the haircut because it was the middle and the top. And I let the haircut continue, so he did wind up getting a light Caesar. And then at the back of the salon, I was looking around in my days, and there was a woman who was very clearly bleached. So let's say her face was like Beyonce's complexion. Her arms were like, let's say, you know, I don't know, Megan Thee Stallion's complexion. And so we knew that this woman had been using creams. And that's what really made me start thinking about the issue of people of African descent and our love for ourselves and how we can inculcate that love and appreciation and recognition that, you know, our beauty, our kinky hair, our dark skin, all of that is in the divine order. That's how we were made to be. And that's when I started speaking about that and writing on it. And then at some point it just felt so uh, good. It felt so like aligned with with purpose that I, you know, spoke to my husband and said, can I quit this job at at Citibank and, you know, pursue this full time? And that was about five years ago. And so I've been a self-supporting and supporting others. I don't have employees, but I support tons of, you know, independent contractors. I've been a self-supporting and community-supporting entrepreneur since then. Wow, that is uh, an awesome story and testimony and a I took a few notes because it uh, almost sounded like a little bit of a sermon preparation <laughs> there for, a little, for a little bit. But I, I thought about it, and I must confess that, um, as you said, taking the traditional route, and I can't say that my parents steered me in any particular direction, but I feel like that when I was in uh, high school and, and, the, and my class in you know, that particular time, uh, that uh our guidance counselors just kind of just steered us. Okay, listen, you go meet with your guidance counselor mm-hmm. and you, you take your SAT and you take, um, it was some kind of skills test that you take to see what area that you would, what field that you would work best in. And then you go see a mm-hmm. guidance counselor and you, you pick a college, you go on college tour, you go to the auditorium as colleges present and you pick a career path, which meant go to college and I don't think that I consulted God about that. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Well, there we go. And, I, and I'm pretty sure other people didn't as well. And you know what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so some type of way we just kind of just we're pushed into this direction because we have to be successful. And like you said, we just leave God out of the equation, which is everything. Um, and it and it's evidence when. Uh, and, and you know what? Everything is a learning experience, even when we do make those True. mistakes and True. and when we True. don't listen to God or consult God. It is a learning experience and all things work together. Um, but, you know, that takes a, a giant step and leap of faith to leave a traditional uh, workplace uh, with a uh, six-figure salary. That takes a, a major leap of faith. Faith. And so what what were people around you saying about this? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I mean, so there's a phrase that, um, you know, I said my parents are from Ghana. There's a phrase that people use in Ghana. It's kind of like a saying, observers are worried. And my mother kept on saying, you know, observers are worried because literally she got a phone call from a family friend saying that I just see on Facebook that I'm going to quit her job to promote her books. Everyone knows you can't make money off of a book unless it's made into a movie or something like that. This cannot be real. I mean, it was, my brother was like, how are you going to go from making, you know, um, five figures, four, four to five figures a month to zero? Like, are you joking, Amma? And how are you going to decide to go teach professional development about culturally responsive education in schools, and you don't even have an education degree? You're a lawyer, Amma, and an MBA. Like, I mean, you know, and and these are all well-meaning people, so this is important. No one had animus in their heart. No one had hatred. But people were, observers were worried. Observers were worried. They were like, what is this lady doing? How on earth, is she, has she lost her mind? Has she lost sight of her faculties? I mean, my parents were like, my mother's like, after all this you invested, after all of your education. And I mean, there were still, like, there were moments, and, 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 and they were worried for good reason. I'm right. going to put it that way. They were worried for good reason. 
the the unconventional route is a route that is sometimes fraught with challenges. And one of the, the things that inspired me that actually like helped me take the leap, and I recommend that everyone watch this video. It's a video by Steve Harvey in which he said, you have to jump at some point. And what he says is literally right. all of us are at a cliff of life, and we're watching other people sailing around us, and we have a backpack on, and they are, they are sailing, and they have parachutes, and their parachutes are up. But your parachute won't come up unless you jump. And he says, you will hit the rock of the cliff on your way down because your parachute will not open as soon as you <laughs> jump. It, you know, like literally, you are going to be hitting your back against the rock. But you can either stay safe and never fly, or you can jump so that you, cause you will never have an opportunity to fly unless you jump. Right. And so there were there were moments in which our rocks were back. There was a point where my husband and I were both entrepreneurs. I mean, this was like a challenge. We didn't know where money was coming from. I mean, literally someone was knocking on my door to repossess the beamer. I don't think I've ever told this story publicly, but the someone was at my They all know now. The <laughs> they all know now. Like seriously. And my mother would be like, Ama, after all you invested, Harvard uh, bachelors. You're in MBA, UPenn Law JD, you have, you're struggling like this? She's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, how could you do this? How could you put yourself through this? Um, so I say that people, observers are worried for good reason. They are worried for good reason. It is not you're going to hit the cliff. But we have to decide whether you're going to live in fear, whether you're going to live in faith. Right? So, I mean, thank God right. things have stabilized now. We no longer have people coming to repossess the luxury cars, you know? So we are happy that we have stabilized now. But, again, it was, a, it was a phenomenal experience, you know, and I'm saying phenomenal. It was painful at the time, but it was a phenomenal experience in which, in, in which it's, like, completely shaped my, you know, mentality towards financial planning and frugality. It's completely made me more passionate about, you know, wealth and wealth accumulation and generation. So people are going to talk. They are going to talk. They are going to question you. But that is undoubtedly the way the path of all people who have pursued anything great have experienced. Did people not tell Harriet Tubman, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? She said her own brothers. Her own brothers didn't want to travel away. They rather wanted, They were, would rather be in bondage and safe than take the risk. Did people not call Martin Luther King Jr. crazy? Did people not think Steve Jobs was crazy at, at one point? Like, if you're going to do anything conventional, anything of meaning, you're going to have to deal with people telling you that you're crazy, and you're going to have to have faith, and that's a part of the character building. When you've been through that and you know how you, you fought and how much you went through in order to pursue your craft and pursue your calling, that certainly builds character. And so, as you said before, it all works for the good. Wow. And, and you know, uh, you put out so many uh, nuggets there. And I do want to come back at some point and talk about um, culture, the barbershop experience, because I think that was um, very important uh, in this climate. But, um one of the things that you said is about about what your mother said and what um, people said around you. And people don't really understand how important um, culture and family are to our um, success and mm -hmm. to our well-being. Because a lot of times we don't support each other when we should. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times the pressure is on us because of as people of color and not only you are are you a person of color, you are a female. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. the whole double minority thing yeah. going on on there. So what 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 is your take on that? I mean, I, I you know I think that uh, we do have to change our culture mentality with respect to risk. We really do because you know nothing nothing risked, nothing gained. Um, mm -hmm. And so I do talk to parents and say. We have to encourage our children with unconventional interests. We can still encourage them to go to college so that they have a plan B or C, but we also have to encourage your dreams. We have to, like, someone said this to me at a conference. This part, well, she, the person was on stage and said, minority moms are the biggest dream killers on the face of the earth. And at the time, I guess I felt 
convicted because I'm a black woman, I'm a, in, in a quote-unquote minority, and I'm a mom and didn't want to believe that people like me are the biggest dream killers. But to a certain extent, it makes sense, right? If we came from a culture in which we did not have access to a certain extent, or at least we didn't feel as if there was abundance, and we didn't feel as if um, there were opportunities, and we felt like they were risks. We are probably going to be more guarded with our children, right? If we feel as if our kids don't have the safety nets that white children have, that if they're not, you know, wearing khaki pants and a button-down shirt with glasses and saying, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you know, they can get shot by the cops. It causes us to have a different attitude. It does. Wow. It does. But we have to work through that. We, re- we really do. And, I mean, and I'm saying it's understandable. It's understandable that we have a culture in which we don't support these sort of things and we want everyone to just kind of stay in line. Go get a job at, you know, XYZ government agency, work from nine to five, keep your nose down. I, I know that, that where it's coming from, it comes from our history of slavery, of colonial conquest and continued police brutality and anti-blackness in, in, in the United States of America. I understand where it comes from, but we also have to, and this is where faith comes in, we have to realize that we worship an abundant God. There's not one tree on earth. There are, you know, millions of billions of trees on earth. There's not one True. blade of grass. There's not one grain of sand. We worship an abundant God who can deliver us from all challenges and who has put wonderful, amazing gifts within us. And so as parents, we should not fall into the dream killer mentality, but fall into the dream nurturer mentality and really, really believe, have faith, and support our children and our friends. And this, this goes for our whole community as a whole. Support each other in, in, to, to achieve that greatness together. Because if we don't, trust me, we will be nowhere as a people. We will be nowhere as a people. If none of us are pursuing greatness and pursuing entrepreneurship and trying to, you know, get get jobs for, for other people, we will be nowhere as a people. Playing the safe route has not necessarily brought us to the prosperity and the, the pardon me, the economic prosperity and the social equality that we had hoped for. So clearly we need to create more a, a different a different way. Wow. Well said. So uh, I just want to talk about so you take this leap of faith, you jump, <laughs> the the repo yeah. man comes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how 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 uh how do you start writing? What do you start what's the first thing you write about? Okay, so the first thing that I wrote about actually, um, and so I published the book before I quit my job was basically when I had that experience okay. at the barber shop. I um I was like, what am I going to do about this issue of self-love with respect to my people? What am I going to do about it? And I was reading a marketing book that said the best way to teach a lesson is through a story. And at the time, I didn't conceive of myself in any way. And now when I'm referred to as an artist, it still kind of shocks my conscience. Because at that time, I did not think of myself as an artist by any stretch of the imagination. I was never someone who, like, drew or painted. I was never someone who wrote fictional stories. But it was really driven, and I, and I tell people this, and to a certain extent, I consider myself an educator more than an artist. It came from this desire to educate. So this book said, okay. if you want to teach a lesson, you should do it through a story. And it was like, and it named, like, the, you know, the, the three pigs and all these stories that we remember. Like, you hear a story once, and for some reason, you remember it all the time, and you, you think of the lesson. So I didn't conceive of myself as someone who was able to write a fictional story. But then I'm watching Super Soul Sunday on OWN, and this lady named Marion Williamson, who has um, this book on A Course in Miracles, she's very famous. She wrote that any human being can be an artist because art is not from humanity. Art is from God. And she says that Michelangelo did not create the famous statue David. God created the statue David. And Michelangelo was simply the vehicle to take away the excess stone that was obscuring the figure of David. And I found these words to be so profound, right? I just found it to be so profound mm-hmm. because it meant that, and this is something that we all need to, to, to experience in our walk of faith. And I'm, I'm, you know, we're all on a journey of perfecting faith. So please don't think that I perfected this myself. It's still a journey. We have to right. recognize that to a certain extent, we are not fighting our own battles that we have a, a, a power, higher power within us that will do all things. And so I said, wow, I can pray myself into a story then. If she said that, you know, God delivered David to Michelangelo, God can deliver a story of emancipation for my people within me. So I meditated. 
and I meditated for like, I prayed and then meditated. And then I meditated for like, you know, I do something called transcendental meditation, which is like 20 minutes. And I was like, spirit, tell me, what is it that I need to know to create this story? Now, at the time, I was probably like 33 when I wrote this story. And I, when I was 16, my brother's friend was sitting next to me on a train, on, you know, Jamaica Avenue E-train. And he told me okay. this thing. He said, God, it's clear that God made black people the original people because like all things in nature are here grows toward the sun this line came to me and I hadn't thought about it my brother's friend said this to me when I was 16 didn't think about it until I was 33 when I was meditating God made us the original people like all things in nature are here grows toward the sun and so then that helped me to formulate a story called Sune's Gift which was my first book that came out and it's a story in which the creator creates four children the sun child, the water child, the wind child, and the earth child. Pardon me. Yeah, sun, water, wind, earth. Exactly. The sun child is one with, with hair that grows up towards the sun like an afro, while the earth child, water child, and wind child all have straight hair. The earth child here grows toward the soil. The water child's hair flows like water. The wind child's hair blows with the breeze. God, the creator, says, you're all my children made in my image. Honor each other. Honor each other's gifts. Now, all of them are doing great. They're doing dances to make the sun rise and set, put nutrients in the soil, make it rain, make the wind blow. They're just doing their work. And then one day they go to the river, and they notice the sun child's the only one with hair that grows up, not down, as they look at the reflections. And it occurs to them, why did, you know, the, the, the God in the story, his name is Niami. I named him after the word God and my parents' language, um, which is the Akan language of West Africa. Why did Niami make Sunes here grow up, not down? And then... Um, they start teasing. The earth, water, and wind child start teasing Sune for having here that grows up, not down. And Sune says, in order to stop being teased, I'm going to take a stick. And I'm going to beat every spiral of my hair to make it straight. And Sune does that until the last spiral here becomes straight. When the last, all of the hair falls out, and as a result, the sun disappears. And now all the children are in darkness. And they're on the verge of extinction. They have water, they have earth, they have wind, but they have no sun. So I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. Your readers can go get the book on Amazon, S-U-N-N-E, apostrophe S, Sune's Gift, or just look up my name on Amazon, Ama, A-M-A, last name Yawson, Y-A-W-S-O-N. But this is how I created this story, which uses Afro-textured here as a metaphor for accepting and loving every difference that we possess. Wow. Well said, well said, and uh, certainly we do encourage our listeners uh, to go out and get that book so you can find out what the ending is. We're going to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Our number in studio, if you perhaps would like to call in, if you have a question about how you should jump, (laughs) when you should jump, when is the right time, 619-924-0800, or if you'd just like to uh, let us know that you are listening to Finding Your Voice, uh, 619-924-0800. This uh, selection says uh, we must praise, and certainly we are going to come back and uh, take a few, uh, talk about a few more things, and then we're going to wrap up uh, here on uh, Block Talk Radio. Uh, we know that we are here from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Stay tuned. If I were a writer, I would use a pencil. I would use my voice. If I were a singer, no matter who or what we are, we must praise. If I was a doctor, I would use my research.
again, welcome back. Uh, we must praise whatever gift God gives us. He gives us that gift uh, to be a blessing to others. And uh, we are here in studio with Ama Yawson, and certainly she is using her gift to be a blessing to others as an educator, artist, uh, entrepreneur. Uh, she wears uh, so many hats uh, as a storyteller. And certainly we're grateful that she is sharing with us here on this afternoon. And we have a few minutes left. And I do want to talk about, we talked about Sunni's gift. Um, can you tell us your other uh, forms of art or education that are available uh, to our listeners? Wonderful. <laughs> Can you share with our listeners your other um, books or um, stories that are available as well that they can purchase? Absolutely, absolutely. So then there's a sequel to the Sune's Gift story, which actually looks at the Earth the Earth character, Earthay's Gift. And in that story, uh, basically, Earthay is procrastinating. I would say that. Niami, the, the creator, tells them all to be good, behave, and to recognize that there are threats to them achieving their gift. And Earth Day, unfortunately, is unaware of this threat. You know, it's time for Earth Day to put nutrients into the soil. Day after day is passing, Earth Day is playing, and you can guess what the result is. So that's the second sequel. I want everyone who has Sune's gift to also have Earth Day's gift, and I'm continuing to expand the series. And another book that I recently published is called The Talk, A Black Family's Conversation About Racism and Police Brutality. And so that's a book that is very, very recent. It just came out in June. And it responds to the George Floyd crisis, and it is exceedingly timely. So in the story, you have um, some children who finish their online learning, and they go out and play. When they come back to the house, they notice their parents are crying uh, while watching TV. And on TV, you have the George Floyd uh, murder continuing with the uh, with with you know the the officer with his knee on George Floyd's uh, neck. And at first, the parents notice the kids, and, and at first they're like, "Oh, just go back and play." But then they realize it's time for us to have a conversation. And, and it, they detail their love for their children. It deals with Black history. The, the parents affirm the children's identity. Tell them about all of the phenomenal people who come before them. M. Hotep, Harriet Tubman is referenced. Uh, Mark. Is Garvey is referenced, so they reference all these great leaders and say, you have that power. We know you're great. We know that you're brilliant. We know that you're amazing. One girl and the, one, the daughter wants to become an astronaut. The son wants to be a businessman. They affirm and they pour into those dreams and they say, but although we know who you are, we need to warn you that you live in a world that will sometimes stereotype you. And as a result of these stereotypes, we have terrible things happening, like what happened to Tamir Rice, and it references that story, and it references the fallen children to police brutality, and gives them, and then it empowers the children with tips with respect to how to handle up encounter uh, before ending off on a really positive note in which the children feel empowered and are like, we are going to make it regardless of what comes our way, and we are not going to allow stereotypes, racism, or police brutality to hinder us from achieving our dreams. So those are three books, Sune's Gift, Earth Day's Gift, and The Talk. I also have a Juneteenth activity book. If you go onto Amazon and you look at my author profile, you will see all of those many works, and I greatly appreciate your purchases. I mean, my goal is for my work to be universal. I, I, I've not gotten there yet. I mean, I've sold thousands and thousands of copies, but I need to get to the tens of thousands and the millions. I am interested in getting the various books converted into TV or film film deals. One day I performed the story for these kids at um, Cultural Arts Academy in Brooklyn, and the kids were like, okay, but yeah, so tell us. We can see this on Netflix, so we can see this performance again, right? And I'm like, sweetheart, I love you from your mouth to God's ears, but it's not on Netflix yet. But, you know, as my brethren would say, soon come, soon come. So, from, so I pray that soon you will be able to see them in animated form. But for now, you have the book on Amazon. Go to AMA, A-M-A, and then Yawson, Y-A-W-S-O-N. You can go to my author program and see the books I mentioned and many more. Awesome. So, and and we and this is encouraging uh, young people to read, and it's so important. Um, reading is so important because um, I know growing up that uh, my mother stressed that um, we read and um, be involved in summer book reading uh, programs. Yes. And, and and it's so important because we're in a, a digital age. 
and everybody has a tablet and and books are almost like obsolete i mean people it's um, unfortunately yeah lawyers are throwing out uh, all of them as a uh, uh, McKinney's as anybody knows about attorneys but I mean, mm, the McKinney's sure. are going in, they're going in the garbage and every other law book is going in the garbage because everything is digital and online but um it's nothing like reading a book a book is personal and it's something yeah. you can uh uh, pick up and you know it belongs to you it's ownership um and you know you're also available for um workshops and those types of things and absolutely you might share with our listeners a little bit about that kind of workshops sure sure absolutely so right now um what's been one, one of my offerings that has become very very common um very very sought after are diversity trainings on microaggressions and unconscious bias so i i you know have I'm scheduled to to speak virtually to many law firms and corporations because they're very interested in unraveling this issue of microaggressions and unconscious bias as we as the whole nation deals with the issue of racism. So I personally do those programs. Additionally, I you know I do programs for young people all the time. I, I finished uh, last month in August. I finished uh, doing a, a three week entrepreneurship program. A nonprofit that I work hired me to teach entrepreneurship to a group of like 50, 60 kids, and they all launch businesses within the three weeks, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I do programs on leadership, on storytelling and performance. Um, additionally, I have a team of people, so I realize that I'm gifted, but the world is gifted. And so I certainly send out artists all the time to teach visual uh, painting and drawing, to teach vocal music, and to teach various subjects. So if you're in need in any sort of educational program, I'd be grateful for your partnership. You can go to my website, which is www.miles. T-A-L-E-S dot com, Miles Tales, www dot M-I-L-E-S T-A-L-E-S dot com. You can contact me at AMA, A-M-A, at M-I-L-E-S T-A-L-E-S dot com. That's again, AMA, A-M-A, at M-I-L-E-S T-A-L-E-S dot com. And I'd love to partner with you, your organization, your corporation, your university, and we will have a, a great and transformative time. Awesome. Awesome. Again, we um, thank you for sharing that information, and we encourage our listeners to visit Miles Tales, visit the website, um, invite her to your place of business, invite her to your um, your uh, church, uh, you know, wherever something's going on. And um, just before we close, I do want to um, <laughs> ask you a question. Navigating through this pandemic, before you give your closing uh, remarks. Sure. What, what would you have our uh, listeners to know about navigating through this pandemic? And you've already shared about the social unrest, um, George mm-hmm. Floyd, and those types of things. So I don't want to, I don't want to push that again. Um, but it's so sure. important that we are mindful of the world that we live in and mindful of our surroundings, and that we don't just, you know, buy into any hypes that are out there, um, mm-hmm. whether socially or politically, and you know, we have to stay faithful, always uh, find our voice, as you suggested. And so what would you say about uh, navigating through this pandemic? I'm sure it's been challenging as yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah, it, it, it certainly was. But, I mean, challenges bring phenomenal opportunities. So, I mean, I, I would say that in March when school shut down, because I do a lot of work with schools and my company's a vendor to the Department of Education, a lot of school districts, I was like, what am I going to do? All this work that I've put in for the past four or five years to get into schools all seems like it's for not because they had literally – Stop purchase orders for quote unquote non essential services and arts programs and training and development were considered non essential. And so all the purchase orders that were in the pipeline literally mm-hmm. got canceled. So it was like, you know, just seeing all this money fall away. But every crisis brings new opportunities. I'll repeat that. Every crisis brings new opportunities. And so I've been very, very proud to have done some virtual programs. Doing the entrepreneurship program virtually was absolutely fantastic. I did a girls empowerment leadership program um, for a Long Island school virtually that was absolutely powerful and important. Then, of course, with Black Lives Matter, I started getting huge, a huge number of inquiries from law firms and corporations into diversity training all virtual. And so there are opportunities out there. There are more people who are making more money in the pandemic than they were making pre-pandemic. So my, 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 my wish for everyone listening is that we learn to have just a more expansive mindset with respect to what is possible, a more expansive mindset 
with respect to what is possible and, and a more expansive mindset with respect to the type of opportunities that are out there for, for us to be a blessing for people around us and in the world, really. And so I know that it's tough, but I think that you, let's think about some of the blessings that have come out of this. Number one, we all are more focused on health, I would think. We realize that people who had pre-existing conditions were more susceptible to uh, dying due to COVID-19. So prayfully, this is a wake-up call, especially for people of African descent that in some cases have um, lower, lower health um, indicators than, than the majority population or than our white counterparts. We all got to eat our kale. We got to eat our kale. We got to eat our romaine <laughs> lettuce. We got to eat our spinach. We got to, you know, health comes forward. We got to take our vitamins, do whatever it is. We got to exercise. We got to meditate. So prayfully, the opportunity of this crisis that all of us are focused on health and we want to make sure that we are healthy and we are well. I, want, I would like to say the second opportunity that has come out of this is we realize that we don't have to physically be places. We now are like experts on Zoom and we're experts on, on you know, Google Hangouts. We know that True. now we can be more, um, what is the word, more, more, more discerning when it comes to whether we want to drive and use carbon emissions um, use and, and, and take up carbon emissions and whatnot. Hold on one moment, please. So um, I want our listeners to know. We can be more, we can be more discerning. Very true. Yeah, so now we can be more discerning. So these are all some of the beauty, beautiful benefits that have come about from it. And so let's be thankful for that, and let's think of more opportunities. Awesome. And once again, I want our listeners to know that we will, uh, MPT Enterprise will sponsor, if you call me uh, within the next two minutes, that we will sponsor uh, two autograph uh, copies. Uh, we will sponsor to do two different individuals an autograph copy of um, one of these books by Ama Yawson. So if you call me, 619-924-0800, I will uh, make sure that happens for you. You have two minutes. Again, just to recap, we thank you, um, Ama Yawson, for sharing with us today on finding your voice, and you have given us many nuggets uh, that we can glean from uh, on today and through the rest of the week. And we want you all to listen in. And perhaps you missed something today. I mean, you missed a lot. So if you just tuned in, <laughs> you really need to log back on immediately following at 2 p.m. and listen to the whole uh, show in its entirety, Finding Your Voice, because there are skills for life, skills for family, skills for business, skills for your relationship with God, just talking to God and, uh, listen, and listening to him and seeing what he would have you to do to make your contribution to society and this world. God bless you, Ama Yorsen. We thank you for sharing with us today. We pray that uh, your uh, gifts take you wherever you should desire to go. Is there anything that you'd like to uh, say as we conclude this episode? I'd just like to say thank you for the opportunity. It's been a, a, a wonderful hour, and I appreciate it, and I pray that um, everyone who has listened and people and everyone who they know will be blessed by this conversation and find the courage to find their own voice to give their gifts to the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. And again, we are going to conclude in prayer on today. Uh, would you like to do that? or? I always offer the opportunity to guess if they would like to. But uh, at this time, uh, we are going to conclude in prayer. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you all for uh, for all of our blessings on today, for all of our listeners on today. We thank you for our special guest, Amma Ayosin. We pray for her work that she has done and continues to do to be a blessing to others. We ask right now that you remember everyone, everywhere, wherever they may be, whatever they stand in the need of God, meet the needs of everyone on today, whether it be salvation whether it be healing, whether it be deliverance, whether it be a financial blessing. God, you know all and you see all. You're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to your power that works within us. And we believe 
that you are able to do these things. And so we believe that it will come to pass. And so we believe that we will be able to tell others that it was only you that did it. We thank you and we praise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And this is my, as we conclude Global Gospel today, this is my song, It Keeps Happening for Me. God bless you. And join us next week from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. on Block Talk Radio, Global Gospel. God bless you. And then we'll cover our family. I cover in my family. I'm making better decisions. Destroying every
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.